Founder of crypto-based live peer, Eric, again, really coaches up on how this works and, and how a, you know, a new company can be launched really based off uh, a blockchain or blockchain network where the people actually using it are the ones that benefit the most. It actually creates value that you can then go use in real life in terms of spending on groceries or house payments or things like that. It's potentially the future. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 759. Coming up tomorrow morning, Brendan Candon joins us. His site has sold over $3 million worth of athletic gear, but not just any gear, used athletic gear. So who would pay for that? Tune in to find out. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Eric Tang. He's a computer programmer and co-founder of a company called LivePeer, a decentralized video live streaming platform incentivized with the blockchain. He was introduced to the blockchain in 2014, and it's taken slowly taken really over his thinking in his life and pretty much uh, everything. It's pretty much everything he thinks about now. So we're going to dive deep into this. Eric, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. Okay, so here's why I'm excited to talk to you, and here's why I think it's relevant for my audience. Um, I've talked to a lot of people, like the founders of Ethereum, you know, Anthony and some other people. So we have all, you know, I've talked to people that run exchanges, but what I'm really interested in is how entrepreneurs like you are choosing to use blockchain and token issuances to essentially build new companies, right? So yeah, tell, tell us, so tell us what. If if Live Peer was not built on cryptocurrency, name a company today that is like Live Peer. Yeah, um, so th these companies exist today. You might not have heard of them. Uh, there's a company called Wowza uh, that basically does uh, video transcoding for people in a centralized way. So they run a they run a server farm. You upload your video, um, you stream your video to them, and they kind of make it available in transcoded version um, to the public. It's called Wowza. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, there are companies like um, uh, big big CDN uh, players like uh, Akamai that would that would do this service as well for for, for their users, but Got they're it. more uh, upscale, like much larger enterprise customers. Yep. So Wowza, like they have two pricing: the Wowza streaming engine and the Wowza streaming cloud. That you know, that's a typical kind of B two B SaaS, you know, plus pay as you go model. So why not just become a customer why would i choose to use live peer over over wowza right so there there, there are two um two different cases one is uh one that i am particularly interested uh, in is uh this decentralized world that's that's popping up and uh, it's a very great grassroots effort today uh, but uh, application developers are building completely decentralized applications which means um, these applications do not have a backend like uh, like your traditional applications. They don't have a server, and they directly talk to the blockchain itself, which is not also not centralized, essentially owned. So they would have um, storage solutions like IPFS or Swarm uh, that are completely decentralized as well. Are those like AWS, um, like versions of AWS that are crypto-based? Um, they're, they're not as much AWS as um, they're just providing very basic features like um, they're able to uh, you're able to have an identity but you're not able to do like super uh, high uh, high intensity computation or anything like that 
Um, and I, I would say they were more like uh, uh, like a front-end application. If you think of, uh, there are a lot of applications that are built strictly in JavaScript, mm-hmm. right? So there is no there is no backend. Um, so so if you think of that and and la- add um, add the blockchain to that, so that they can they can communicate over the blockchain. That'll be the type of project that we're thinking that we're that we're thinking about. So. Okay. Uh, so, so with LifePeer, right? right um, if you are if you are uh, creating a decentralized application uh, and you want to add video streaming to your application, there is right now really no solution to do that uh, because all the video streaming solutions are centralized solutions, um, and and we are kind of we're kind of the only solution for you. Uh, so imagine if you wanted to build a decentralized application to. In, uh, to enable um, uh, decentralized journalism, right? So say like in the conflict zone, the first thing that gets cut off is is kind of like um, these like centralized services. But if you're able to build a mesh network similar to um, um, you know the the, pro- the protests that happened in Hong Kong a few years ago when people started using fire chat to chat with each other, and government the government was not able to actually shut that down. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you want to build in video streaming into those applications, uh, you would have to use something like LiveBeer. Versus, well, you couldn't use Wowza. Uh, yeah, because because the, uh, the government will be able to figure out uh, the IP of uh, of Wowza and block the service. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And then, so e- here's a question I have. Let's say I- I'm making this up, but the reason I'm asking this question is I want to understand like how competition happens in a mature blockchain market. So let's yeah. say I love your idea. Let's say I'm a journalist and I'm leaving NPR and I love blockchain. I'm going to build a live peer competitor because I just got back from Syria and I tried to do live streaming and it was horrible. So I I got really passionate. What incentivizes them? Like, why would they create a competitor to you versus just getting involved on your chain and and getting your tokens and getting behind live peer? Yeah. So, so the the whole, the whole idea of the blockchain is that um, the participants are actually the stakeholders, right? So uh, in a traditional application, if you use uh, something like Facebook Live, you know you are use you are a user of Facebook Live, but uh, but that's it, right? Um, as as much as Facebook Live grows, you're not gonna be benefited by that from uh, from a from your holding standpoint, right? But in decentralized world, uh, if you are a participant in Live Peer, you actually earn Live Peer tokens, right? And as the Live Peer network grows your token becomes more valuable so as early as early participants you all you are more incentivized to number one evangelize the platform number two provide all kinds of different values to the platform to help it grow because it actually helps your holding to grow as well interesting like it actually grows your like commercial value you can i could go to exchange exchange those tokens you've given me via live peer and actually put you know money to go spend at whole foods Right, exactly. So, so if you if you actually look at this not from a company standpoint, but from an ecosystem standpoint, uh, you can look at an example like uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum. You know, like um, all like most of the uh, most of the entrepreneurs who are building uh, companies and building value around these ecosystems are early coin holders, right? Like Joseph Lubin, who was one of the uh, one of the founders of Ethereum, uh, left Ethereum to start Consensus, which is now hiring. You know. 400 people just building applications, building open source projects around the Ethereum ecosystem to make that uh, network grow as quickly as possible. Is that one of the reasons why it's just it's it's beating kind of Bitcoin in terms of what people are choosing to do their token launches and, 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 and ICOs on? 
Right. So Ethereum provides a, a, a smart contract platform, which big, uh, the Bitcoin network does not provide. And the smart contract platform gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of um, the kinds of application you can on top of it yeah interesting okay this is a, a more capitalistic question here for a second um so i understand your answer where that npr journalist who left is incentivized to just use your platform because they basically the more they use it the more they become an owner right yep. they, they actually become part of the thing right um yep. why would someone create a direct competitor or, or would they ever um that's an interesting question i think uh people will create uh Competitors, if they had a very specific um, specific belief that's different from what we offer, right? Like a different so, feature. Yeah, yeah, different feature. It could be a completely different feature set. Um, but it, it's hard. It, it's hard to. Um, so, so for example, the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? You can say that they're competitors because they they both support kind of like the money transfer feature. But um, if you can also say Ethereum is completely not competitive with Bitcoin because Ethereum offers a, 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 this, this like smart contract feature set that the Bitcoin use case is not um, is not focused on, right? Mm -hmm. So so and as these networks start to grow, it's very hard to compete with them because of the network effect, right? So now there's essentially like so, so all the code is open source. Anyone can start a new Bitcoin blockchain at any time they want. Um, the reason they will not um, they will not be successful is because the Bitcoin blockchain now is so big that there are so many miners on the network that there is essentially no incentive for them to switch to a much smaller, newer network. And a miner would be some, like a user of LivePeer. They're mining coins the more they use your tool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So people who people um, can can put their spare computer power, computing power onto the network to um, do to do this uh, live streaming for other people, and in exchange they will get a token. Interesting. Um, now you just said it's it's impossible to compete with blockchain, but again, Ethereum launched, and they seem to have, be 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 growing fairly fast because of the smart contract concept. Why can't someone else invent an interesting feature like that and beat both Ethereum and Bitcoin networks? Uh, absolutely, I think someone someone could, um, but it has to be a really great feature that uh, that's that's really needed by the public, right? Yeah. So I think, um, and, I, and I think all of these blockchains will will exist, uh, will coexist. So it's not like Ethereum is going to exist and Bitcoin is going to go away. I've, I've, uh, my personal belief is that Bitcoin has its use case, and so does Ethereum, and they will uh, they, they will all. Okay, but let me challenge there, Eric, for a second, because network effects are very powerful. Usually, in a network effect ecosystem, there is one winner because you can't beat the network. You just can't beat a network effect. So you think there will be multiple winners in crypto you don't think the the network effect on ethereum is going to just kill kind of a bitcoin uh, network no i don't think so uh, i think bitcoin is a great way to hold value so it, it's almost like a it's, it's almost like a, what gold is in the real world right uh, it, it has digital scarcity it has the biggest network and that network provides a lot of security um, so so people who are using bitcoin today to hold value will continue to use that uh, and Ethereum is for a completely different purpose. Ethereum is really for a, a smart contract platform where people are building uh, building these other applications on top of it. In fact, LivePeer is built on top of Ethereum. Mm. Uh, we use the Ethereum platform to launch our token so that um, so that people can hold our token and not have to worry about um, how secure the LivePeer blockchain is because we use we kind of leverage the security of the Ethereum blockchain. If a VC came to you and said, "I want to invest a uh, hundred thousand dollars in or a million bucks in 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 LivePeer," how how would you process that? What's your response? Mm, um, so, 
This is this is interesting about the blockchain world, um, at least in the open blockchain world, which is anyone can become an investor, right? Um, so if VCs want to come in and, and invest, number one, they could just participate in the crowd sale uh, and, and invest just like anybody else. Uh, or if they wanted to, um, if, if, they, if they wanted to get involved really early, they will be taking up more risk. Uh, and, and to exchange that risk, uh, they will get some uh, token allocation. But and, and the reason it's risky is if, again, let's go through that use case. If I came to you and said, Eric, I'm loving this interview. I want to get involved. I'm going to use your, like, I want to write you a million dollar check, right? And let's say I do that. The trick is like that, that those tokens I get for the million dollars that I write you, they will not grow in value unless more and more people start actually using live peer because that's what will drive the, the value of the token up. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. So couldn't I cheat the system by putting in a million bucks and spinning up a ton of computers, right? That, that are basically, I, they're like fake miners, right? For live mm -hmm. here and I artificially grow my value. Uh, you could, but you will be, I think you will be spending, uh, you'll be spending that money away. Um, and then I'm sure people are, some people are doing this, right? Some people are kind of like pumping the, uh, pumping the tokens and, and, sell, and selling them. Um, and, 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 but I think eventually over time, so for example, if a, if a big investor come on board, we could ask them to hold their token for a certain amount of time before selling them. Um, it's, you know, the, the companies do this on an IPO level, right? When you, when you go IPO, um, big investors come on board, they are, um, a lot of them are required to hold a stock for a certain amount of time. Interesting. Um, yeah, because I mean, ultimately, like, again, let's say I put in that million bucks now and I make all these fake miners, but they doesn't actually get any real traction. If I go and even if I get a higher value, if I go and try and sell those tokens, basically there's not gonna be any buyers because no one else is using it. Is that what makes the system stay honest? Yeah, that and also if you're spending up a bunch of miners, you're actually providing a lot of computation resources to the to the network. So for a, for a network that works, that has the right incentives in place, um, the network will leverage the access capacity that you provide to the network to uh, to provide services for people who actually need to use the network. Right. Yeah. So in our in our case, if you spun up a bunch of miners, all of a sudden we have a large capacity in terms of the amount of transcoding and live streaming work that we can do. And that provides a much cheaper price for people to want to do live streaming, which means uh, a lot more people who want to do live streaming will, will come onto our platform and that you're, you're essentially just providing a value for the platform. In fact, um, a lot of investors Hold on, Eric, can I, want to do I was going to say, can I stop you there for a second? Because I want to do a comparison. If you have, if you have live peer one and live peer two, and these are competitors and you mm -hmm. have, and, and you have Kleiner Perkins and Bessemer have invested in one and Google ventures yeah. and someone else invested in the other, Yeah, they could essentially keep spending more money to contribute more resources to the, the, the company they're betting on to drive down the cost for new users. And the longer yeah. they can do that, ideally, the more users they get. So it becomes who can spend the most money to keep prices the cheapest, the longest, who's going to win in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Which I is great for right. consumers. Yes, yes. 
fascinating. Okay, I have to tell you something. You know, I've interviewed so many people on blockchain, like very smart people, and I've struggled to ask the right questions to actually make this all make sense. This is really <clears throat> making sense to me now, talking to you and, and using these comparisons. So kudos on helping me get smarter here. That's great. That's great. Glad to help. <laughs> so why? Um, so it's okay. So here's my next question. For this really to mature, like I'm now thinking about this, like, well, what if I launch another company? What would I do? Well, my background is like marketing, sales, and tech a little bit. Right now, mm -hmm. a lot of these companies are being founded by founders and tech pe sorry, tech people because they understand how crypto works. How do you, like, if I launched something that was like an email marketing tool, right? Yes. It's, it would be very difficult for me to get traction there because a lot of people that do email marketing don't understand crypto. How do we yeah. solve that problem? Yeah, that's interesting. So I would say um, in order for crypto to reach the mainstream, there's actually um, a huge need for people who are able to translate the complex complexity into simple languages. So for people who are native marketers, uh, people like you, right? So there's a huge need for that skill. Now, um, I, I think I, I, the 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 kind of use case in my mind is for the marketer to become stakeholders and to provide value to the to the ecosystem and, and kind of grow their um, their token holding. That yep. would be one way to do it. Yeah. Right. This is almost, are you familiar with affiliate programs? Absolutely. This yeah, is, all, this is exactly basically right. an affiliate program, but way easier and simpler and every, the incentive structure is way more aligned. Yeah, exactly. In fact, uh, one of the things that, that we're, we're thinking about is providing these type of incentives for for individual uh, for individual stakeholders on the platform to get new users come on board to come on board and be incentivized to do that this is how dropbox used the viral coefficient you invite your friend get free storage you're saying you can artificially create incentives like that if people bring on x amount of new users in a month you can give them extra kind of tokens to incentivize that yeah, in fact, it's not just us, or it could be like the Google, the big investor at Google Venture could like put aside a portion of tokens and just incentivize that because they have another large portion and they know that it will drive a value. And in our current world, that's basically equivalent to an employee equity pool. Yes, yes. Fascinating. Oh, okay. This is all clicking now. I'm getting it. Very interesting. Yeah, except now you're tapped into the global talent. Yeah, pool, no, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah, I totally get it. So, so who gets rich in this in this ecosystem? <laughs> yeah, I think I think all the early early participants um, will benefit a lot more, mm -hmm. right? Um, because because you know if, if you if you think about like Bitcoin back like ten years ago, it was you know I think the first Bitcoin transaction was ten thousand Bitcoin for a pizza. Right. So whoever sold that pizza is now a multimillionaire. What what how many bitcoins does it take now to buy a pizza? Uh, now Bitcoin price is I think a little over twenty five hundred dollars. A so, coin? Yeah, a coin. Jesus. So like yeah. point point oh oh something for a one right. pizza. Amazing. Right. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year -year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com.
Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail, and when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll apply immediately with the income report, and you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use, www.thetopinbox.com. All right, Eric, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I actually don't read a whole lot of business, business books. Or but crypto the book. one that I really liked recently is uh, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Uh, being an entrepreneur, I think it just has a lot of good lessons about how to behave when things get tough. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, yeah, I actually, um, I really like this guy, Jared Colonna. He is a, um, a CEO coach, but he also um, co-founded Flatiron Ventures with Fred Wilson, who later on uh, becoming, uh, founded uh, Unit Square Ventures. Yeah. And Jared Colonna runs a executive coaching program, and, and he puts a lot of content out there about, um, uh, these are like advice for, for people who are running startups. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have in the crypto world? Uh, in the crypto world, um, yeah. interesting. Um, I would say life here. Um, <laughs> besides your own. Yeah, besides life here. Um, you know, I really like um, I really like MetaMask. Uh, MetaMask is a, is an Ethereum in browser wallet that allows you to use decentralized applications in in any plain old browser. Is this like? Have you heard of Uquid? Uquid? No, I've not. Will you do me a favor? I'll follow up with you after this, but go, go. I want you to go to that website. It's just I think it's uquid.com. They describe themselves as the same thing, like basically a token wallet that you they'll then issue like a debit card that you can then actually spend money and tra put tokens in to do that, and they take a small percentage. Mm, I'm curious your thoughts on that. For sure. All right, number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I strive for seven. Okay, what do you get though? Uh, get six and six and a half, uh, but I try to make it up on the weekends. All right, and what's your situation? How married, single? You have kids? Uh, I have a long-term girlfriend. Uh, going stable. Okay, no going kids. Yeah, uh, no kids yet. All right, and how old are you? Uh, I am thirty-three. All right, last question. Take us back thirteen years. What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? Um, I would say. Um, to be to stay more focused and and to worry less that would be my that would be my advice to my 20 year old self there you guys have it founder of crypto based live peer eric again really coach us up on how this works and and how a you know a new company can be launched really based off uh, a blockchain or blockchain network where the people actually using it are the ones that benefit the most it actually creates value that you can then go use in real life in terms of spending on groceries or house payments or things like that it's potentially the future eric thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. If you enjoyed Eric today, go back and listen to Anthony yesterday. 
He used to work at the Toronto Stock Exchange, but now he's, he's one of the brains behind Ethereum and one of the original founders. Tune in to find out why he did it, how, and how much money he's making.